If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, June 9th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, how to think about the January 6th hearings that start today. Number two, what Speaker Nancy Pelosi told us about gun legislation. And number three, how the CBC is upset over a Democratic member invoking John Lewis in his campaign. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The biggest story of the day today is going to be the opening hearing of this January 6th select committee on the insurrection, what they've learned. Um, it is going to be wall-to-wall television uh, at all the cables except for Fox News. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here. There is. Um this is probably the um, uh, the most anticipated hearing since the since the impeachment hearings, number one and number two. I, I would I would even argue that this might even be more anticipated than the impeachment hearings. Not to um, uh, put down the impeachment, but the impeachment of Donald Trump, the first one at least, was about a pressure campaign in Ukraine um, that uh, very few Americans understood in my estimation related to felt um many americans have been to the capitol uh the capitol is in washington dc where we are both you and i are both sitting at the moment where we both live and 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 obviously where uh many of us work every day um and it was just a an unusual and very dark and messy and disgusting day in our democracy's history. So um, I would argue that this is this is even more um, uh, momentous, maybe is the word I guess, than the than the impeachment. I'm curious of your thoughts on that. Then maybe we can we'll get into some of the the dynamics. Yeah, I mean, certainly this is an event and a day that touched a lot of people's lives, right? And also that Americans were watching, um, you know, in wall-to-wall television. And um, not only is it that, but with it, a lot of people know somebody who potentially was here on January 6th and, and, and marched on the Capitol or who, who, you know, there's been, you know, hundreds of people that have been charged in this. Um, and, you know, so I think this is in the tense of just touching daily Americans' lives and also the concept of Americans trying to break into the Capitol. Um, Certainly a dark day in history, but also something that I think a lot of folks, myself certainly included, never thought would ever happen. And so um, this is going to play out all of what happened, 
you know, in really um, stark detail and have people live through it once more. Um, but let's talk a little bit. I'm just going to talk a little bit about I mean, the nitty gritty. The big thing here is this is going to kick off what is expected to be six uh actually ultimately seven hearings scheduled over the next two weeks. Um, the first one tonight going to be in primetime, likely the last one also in primetime. And there's an expectation, Jake, from a lot of folks that you and I are both talking to that there is going to be a lot of new material, new information, that this isn't just going to be a retread of what we already know, that there's going to be some some pretty big bombshells here. That's what we're that's what we're made to understand um, uh, from our our sources and who have been involved in this. Um, I I would say this: there's two things at play here. Number one, um, there there is the the this committee has taken I would guess hundreds of hours, if not more, of testimony over uh, the course of. Um, you know, a year uh, that that is previous has not been seen, has not been heard, has not been um, has not been consumed by anybody outside of the you know probably two dozen people, including lawyers and other folks who have um, been in these hearings. So that is very that's going to be fascinating. Number two, what this committee is trying to do is thread together kind of the the disparate pieces that have been either leaked by the committee or members of the committee um, or uh, have come out otherwise in, um, in in judicial proceedings in some of these cases where people have been charged for January 6th. So um, let's talk about a few dynamics here, Anna. Number one, uh, let's talk about the committee. Uh, committees made up of mostly Democrats and a couple Republicans, uh, Liz Cheney of Wyoming and Adam Kinzinger of Illinois. Number one, the select committee can't miss. Now, the select committee has to have basically pitch a perfect game here um, uh, because these hearings could go wrong quickly. And I'm not saying this will go wrong. I have no idea. It hasn't happened yet. Um, it's tonight at 8 p.m. But it really has to... Um, uh, Anything, any, any exaggeration or uh, misstep or whatever will be, um, will be just, will be just completely dismantled by Republicans. Now, the facts, the, the irony is, um, uh, the facts of this, of this, of January 6th are not at issue. Uh, the, the president wanted to, thought the election falsely was stolen. He told people to go to the Capitol, said it would be wild. He said, we won't give up and we won't concede. People went to the Capitol and then they tried to stop the election results. Those those facts are not at, at, are not at issue here. They're not at question. So all that being said, um, the, the, the Democrats have a leg or the committee. Uh, I'm referring broadly to Democrats because it's mostly Democrats in this committee have a leg up. Republicans aren't in the room. They can't push back. So in that case, they have it easier. Yeah, let's just talk about some other things. I just think as we, as this unfolds to look at, and then we can move on to our number two story of the morning. But I do think, you know, how, to your point, how Republicans, they have dismissed this. They've said that this is a partisan witch hunt. Um, you know, how, how do they, you know, kind of respond as we, you know, seemingly are expecting to hear information that, we, that has not been revealed before? 
What does the former president do, you know, in terms of responding to this, in terms of responding to, there's been a lot of, um, you know, interviews about kind of people who were very close to him. What did he know beforehand? What did he know during? What did he know after? How do they paint that picture and how does Trump uh, respond to that? I mean, certainly I think all eyes are on uh, minority leader Kevin McCarthy, right? I think we've talked a lot about this on here, certainly in the newsletters around his decision to uh, whip against a bipartisan commission to investigate the January 6th committee. Of course, remember, he had originally deputized John Katko, Republican from New York, to kind of negotiate a compromise and then ultimately quashed that effort after the two had struck a deal. Um, so to your point, they're not going to, Republicans are not going to be in the room here. And is that going to be a decision that McCarthy says at, at the end of the day was the smart political choice or, or not? That is something that we don't know exactly how that's going to play out, but is certainly a major dynamic to watch starting tonight. All right, let's go to the number two story of the morning, of course, uh, guns, legislation, and whether or not Congress can come to a deal uh, has been the biggest story um, coming out of the latest um, mass shootings and Congress seemingly trying to make an effort here on finding a way forward, a, a smaller, narrow path in the Senate. But the House did pass its larger package uh, last night. And you you caught up with Nancy Pelosi, Jake. I did. Um, Nancy Pelosi, uh, the, the House is, uh, as you indicated, is is in the middle of a of its own gun process. Uh, they are passing gun bills that will be stopped in the Senate. Pelosi understands that. Um, but this is kind of a a, um, a big week, a big month for gun control, uh, something that we d- had not uh, predicted um, before the absolutely awful massacres in Uvalde, Texas and in Buffalo, New York. Pelosi understands that this is the House bill is not going to go anywhere. The House bills are not going to go anywhere. There's a number of bills. But she said that she that she trusts the fact the Senate is talking uh, Pelosi said of Chris Murphy, the lead Democratic negotiate, negotiator of these talks, his standards are high, but she wants to make progress. I said I said to her, listen, if a, if a narrow gun package comes together in the Senate, would that be acceptable? And would that represent progress? And she said, it depends on how narrow, <laughs> which is, um, uh, it, you know, I, I think that's I think Pelosi's taking a wait and see attitude here. Uh, and we'll get more from Pelosi today. She's having a press conference at, I believe, 1045 this morning in Washington. Washington in the Capitol, where I'm sure she'll be asked about this and the January 6th hearing. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. 
All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. We had a really interesting item in this morning's newsletter, Jake, about Representative Andy Levin, the Democrat from Michigan. He is in a primary battle with fellow Democrat Democratic Representative Haley Stevens. Um, and Levin is featuring a new ad, and that ad features the late Representative John Lewis, of course, an icon for Democrats and the black community, and Levin's use of Lewis's image has raised eyebrows to say the, the least within the tightly knit CBC. Um, he's defending his use of it, but that doesn't mean that a lot of people aren't upset on Capitol Hill. Yeah, this was actually surprising to me because and it's surprising to all of us when we saw this, that Andy Levin is using John Lewis, who's been dead for two years in an ad, um, uh, boosting his, trying to boost his reelection campaign. Obviously, John Lewis did not endorse Andy Levin in his uh, uh, primary against Haley Stevens, right? John Lewis is dead uh, and has been for two years, as I just said. Uh, and and the ad does give off. I hate to say it, it does give off the impression that John Lewis is for Levin in this race. Now Lewis and 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 Levin go back because Lewis's father and his uncle uh, are are. Carl Levin and Sandy Levin, who were Carl Levin was a senator from Michigan. Andy uh, Sandy Levin was a um, um, a congressman from longtime congressman from Michigan who preceded Andy. So I I I, I understand the angst here, and it's just a fascinating look at the tight the tight knit CBC, and furthermore the um, uh, the sensitivity around using a legend like John Lewis in this ad. All right, something to watch. Um, just want to note for any, all of our listeners that tonight we are going to be interviewing Mr. McGovern. Um, and it, the in-person interview is all filled up. Uh, but we are going to stream that online tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. It's going to be a conversation about broadening food access through policy. Um, we hope you join us there. We have a couple other events later this month. You can check out all of those at our events hub at punchbowl.news. And with that, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, you can leave us a rating and review. It's the best way for folks to find out about the Daily Punch. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.